0: are going higher indeed. We are. Welcome to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Do you like the way I say Texas? People say, love to say it like that, don't they? Texas? <laughs> Texas. Texas. <laughs> Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Say it <laughs> again. Oh, my gosh. Texas. It's Texas here. It's Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> How about that? And welcome to One Life Radio. As I said, we have a fantastic show for you today. We've got the top news and views of the week from the Defender Newsletter and the Children'sHealthDefense.org with Stephanie Lucretio. Do you guys have her on the line yet before I introduce her? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, you guys let me know when that happens and... Uh, I don't know.
1: Give her, <laughs> give her a
0: call. Give her a call.
1: This yeah. has been kind of a transition. You know, we used to do the, the news reviews on Monday. Right. And, and now so, it's Tuesday. I know.
0: But, it's you know, a- I have to tell you, for, for me, it's really worked out well because um, I never really got a break at all because, you know, I read, I read every single day. I'm always working on at least a couple different books, and uh, that makes it difficult to navigate sometimes uh, and, and to rest my mind, basically. And so, you know, and on Sunday, you know, I love football during football season. So I've had had to give up all my football in order to be properly prepared for Monday. And I never really got a day of rest or fun or anything. So this has worked out well, I think, for everybody, because I think even, you know, the people from Children's Health Defense that, you know, jump on the air with us on Monday. It was not difficult, uh, but, you know, they never really got a break either. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so it's working out really well, I think, for everybody.
1: (laughs) Once we get past the, like, just the... The holidays? Because we've been doing, <laughs> no, we've been doing the in you know, yeah. uh, news and views for over, years. Yeah. For years. A for A so. couple
0: years. Yeah. Like three uh, years, something like that. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Mary Holland, who's the president of the Children's Health Defense, was on the show long before we started doing the top news and views of the week when we discussed, you know, uh, her books that she's written, uh, the uh, HPV H- vaccine H- on trial and uh, vaccine epidemic, I believe, is the name of the other one. And, uh, but I'm anxious to get started today because there are so many great stories and uh, news pieces from the top news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter. So let me Ladies know. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, All and right, Stephanie Lecricio. Stephanie
0: LaCreccio. <laughs> All right. Yay. <laughs> Stephanie, how are you? How are you? Great, good. great. So glad to be here. How's
2: everything going? Good?
0: Good, good. I think everybody's just preparing for the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm sure you are as well. <laughs>
2: I am. I cannot yeah. believe it's Thanksgiving, but here we are.
0: And here we are. And next thing you know, we take another <laughs> breath and it'll be Christmas it's and Black Hanukkah. Exactly. Well, a- actually, Hanukkah is early this year. I think it's in the first week of December. I think it starts December 6th, pretty sure. But uh, it's great to have you with us. It really is. And uh, we have a lot of extremely important stories to cover today from the Defender newsletter, most read news and views of the week from the Children's Health You can sign up for it. It's free. You get it in your mailbox once a week and you'll have all these stories right on your laptop or on your Uh, on your smartphone so let's get started the first headline we're discussing from the defender newsletter reads chair care new mexico hairstylist being trained under cdc funded program to push COVID and the flu shots right so stephanie what is the chair care program um who's funding it and who is it targeting
2: it's infuriating and it's funny because in my past life i was an esthetician and a makeup artist so this one really hit home for me because i know How many conversations happen in that chair and how much of a trusted confidant, your stylist, your esthetician, your manicurist, whatever chair you're in, it really is a place where people talk about a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. under Chair Care, it's a program that's funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. New Mexico hairstylists are paid and trained as, quote, trusted messengers to promote COVID-19 and flu vaccines, especially to minority and conservative clients that have low vaccination rates. So by training the quote trusted messengers to promote their messages, the public health authorities can get their message across to the public without the public being aware that the message is designed and paid for by those health authorities. So hairstylists who sign up will have a six-month commitment to participate in two long-day trainings where they will receive tools so they can feel more confident talking to their clients about taking vaccines. They'll be trained in a technique called motivational interviewing, as well as COVID-19 basics, flu basics, and long covid So according to Psychology Today, the motivational interviewing is a counseling method used to help decide to change the behavior, and it's particularly effective with people who are ambivalent or even hostile. It can be effective in one or two sessions. So the clinician, or in this case, the hairstylist, is meant to listen, show empathy and support for the idea that someone can change and help people think about how they can do so. It's Mm. nauseating. Wow. I'm looking at it here online, chair care,
0: where beauty meets health. You know, they're doing oh. this with dentists too. We covered this story on yeah. the health on the the defender uh, about their how they're targeting dentists to start talking to young children about getting shots when they have them in the chair.
2: <laughs> I, it, right? it, I think yeah. that for anybody who's looking at this thinking about it, like it, <laughs> it's absurd to me. it is and I think it shows the level of desperation by these governing agencies to get people to buy in to this broken vaccine Uh system. And, you know, anybody who sits in a chair and thinks that the person cutting and and blowing out your hair or dying your hair is qualified to give you advice about, you know, medical procedures and Uh interventions, I I just can't understand what what basis they have to make these I mean, think about informed consent, family history, the, the health survey, getting a full understanding of that person's health conditions, allergies. How can a hairstylist process all of that information and give sound medical advice? It's just beyond absurd. Well-
0: It's kind of nuts. It really is. And I'm reading here that they're targeting New Mexico's Hispanic, Black, and Native American and conservative populations who have been shown to have the lowest vaccine uptake and highest vaccine hesitancy. So, and I read somewhere, I don't know, back a a couple of months ago that they are spending millions and millions of dollars uh, nationally to try to really, you know, fight that that vaccine hesitancy. Uh, You know, where are they getting all that money from? That's very expensive advertising.
1: <laughs> they sure have a lot about to... dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Earns
2: money. <laughs> oh my but gosh.
1: To me this is just like they're lot, you know, they're teaching them how to be misleading and actually pretty much mm-hmm. you know, just it's almost like how they do the product placement in movies and and things like that like just totally misleading their clientele. Yeah. I'm and interested they're getting to see paid. How for many
2: it. of these clinicians or the, these uh, you know, hairstylists Will actually sign up for this because I, I can think of several who I know just from you know getting my hair done over years and working in that industry that would be like, are you kidding me? I'm not having this conversation with my clients that you're oh, taught yeah. from the beginning when you're in beauty school. You do not have conversations about mm-hmm. politics. You do not have conversations about religion, science. You stay away from all those things and keep it high level. So it sort of goes against everything that you're taught. Mm-hmm. In school to get to that point, so I'm really curious to follow up in a couple of months mm-hmm. and see how many of these New Mexico hairstylists jump on this opportunity. How I'm dare they? Not a lot. They know you can only talk about your relationships
1: when you're oh, <laughs> I know exactly, <laughs> but I'd really like to know how much they're getting paid because that'll be oh, a big yeah. factor. And I bet a lot of they would probably take the money and maybe not necessarily uh-huh. do the I have broker. heard
2: rumblings. It was like $4,000. And don't quote me on that, but I remember someone sending me an article before the defender covered it. And it was a couple of thousand dollars. So it's a significant amount of mm. money, especially for someone that, as a hairstylist, you know, it's, it's a hard working job. You're really on your usual oh, yeah. day. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the money is going to be um, incentive for a lot of people to sort of put their own personal beliefs or feelings about what they're doing aside and, mm-hmm. just, you know, spit out what they're taught.
1: It's a bribe. <laughs> it is it's a bribe. Exactly right. It's That's a exactly
0: bribe. Right. It really is. Uh, and I, I'm reading here about the term vacancy hesit- hesitancy, hesitancy, Uh, This is another link I clicked. That's what I love about the Defender. You can click on all these different links and you can just go right down a rabbit hole and it's so much fun. But it says that the (laughs) vaccine hesitancy is patronizing and presumptuous. It encodes a smug certainty that official messaging on the vaccines is reliable, that reigning medical paradigms are sound and that the knowledge uh, medical science produces is trustworthy. Har, har, hearty, har, har. (laughs) That's my comment. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, with everything we know now, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So uh, anything else you want to say before we go to the next story? And oh my gosh, we, we, we really elaborated on that one because we're almost ready for a break. In fact, why don't we take yeah. one? Let's go to break. When we okay. come back, we're going to dig in and uh, stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to childrenshealthdefense.org. Stephanie Lucretio on One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet. We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturer's documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must read. Now available on Amazon. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body, yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts, and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Enviromedica.com.
1: Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers, it's One Life Radio.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and we are continuing our live broadcast with Stephanie Lucretio. She is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at Children's Health Defense. She works to amplify the voices of those fighting for issues impacting the health and freedom of our children. Stephanie provides support, encouragement, and action steps uh, advocates can take to build the more beautiful world we want our children to live in. You can find Stephanie at Children's HealthDefense.org. We are going over the top news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter. Our second headline from the Defender reads, CDC runs two VAERS systems. Uh, The public can access only one of them. So, Stephanie, what did an investigation by the British uh, Medical Journal into the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS, find regarding the efficacy of this system for reporting vaccine injuries?
2: Well, Bernadette, we've known for so long that vaccines are definitely ineffective in many cases. In 2007, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services contracted with Harvard Pilgrim Care to review the VAERS system. In 2010, they determined that 1 in 39 people experienced vaccine injuries and that only around 1% of vaccine-related injuries or deaths are ever reported to VAERS. Let that sink in for a moment, When you think about how many Mm. have been reported on the COVID vaccine, and you think about that 1% in context, how Mm -hmm. many that have not been reported, it's so crazy. It is. This newer investigation by the British Medical Journal into there found multiple deficiencies in the system, surprise, surprise, including the revelation that the government runs two systems, one for the public and a private back-end system that contains all of the corrections and updates, including deaths that occurred after initial injury. Wow. So it's crazy. Um, it also talks about doctors unable to file reports to disappearing data, limits on transparency and lack of resources to follow up on concerning vaccine reactions. Experts warn theirs is failing to detect critical safety signals. Mm-hmm. According to one of these experts, VAERS researcher Albert Benavides, VAERS failure is not accidental. Surprise, surprise again. Mm-hmm. It is not broken, wrote he wrote in his Substack coverage of the BMJ investigation. VAERS runs cover for the big pharma cabal. Mm-hmm. So, in consultation with Benavides, an audit by REACT 19 found that one in three COVID ma- vaccine adverse events reports in VAERS were either not posted publicly or were deleted.
0: React nineteen,
2: as we know, is a nonprofit that collects stories of people injured by the mRNA vaccines.
0: Mm, My God, I personally know a lot of people that have been injured, and two deaths in that uh, personal—you know, people that I know that died from COVID and uh, the treatment they got in the hospital. You know, with the respirator and just—you know—all of the Mm -hmm. craziness that surrounded it being given. Um, remdesivir and just, you know, all these things that we did that caused so many deaths, including the vaccines. But in this article, um, it it talks about uh, when when it says when Dr. Robert Sullivan collapsed on his treadmill three weeks after his second COVID-19 vaccine in early 2021, he fell into a nightmare nightmare ordeal that he said exposed glaring deficiencies in the nation's vaccine safety monitor, monitor monitoring system. What is the nightmare that he fell into, Stephanie?
2: I mean, I actually don't have that in front of me. Let me look to see. I can imagine that like many people, these nightmares, they write, file a report and then they go back to look at it and they can't find it or the mm-hmm. report doesn't go through or they're mm-hmm. not given the support at the hospital. You know how many times and how many stories I've heard oh, of yeah. people yeah. who have said at the hospital. This is from my vaccine injury. And several things happen when you say that. And this is really sad, Bernadette, because the whole medical system is there to first do no harm. And when you're sitting in front of somebody that is correlating their injury or their loved one's death to a vaccine, whether it's COVID or otherwise, and you see that treatment plan and the care that you're receiving in the Mm -hmm. hospital or in the doctor's office decline as a result of that, or you have doctors And medical professionals refusing to help give you the information to file your report or to sign Mm -hmm. off that you recognize it was a vaccine injury, it just shows how very broken our medical system is. And truly, we deserve so much better. I mean, you think about all these people that their lives have been turned upside down, whether they've been injured themselves or they've lost a family member and a loved one. Oh, yeah. And there's no justice.
0: One of my best friends lost her mother. I was thinking about it yesterday. I saw someone that looked like her, and I was, you know, just remembering. And I was thinking, you know, she didn't need to die. If they would have taken her out of the hospital and, you know, given her other treatments, she would have survived. You know, but they put her on a, you know, they in, intubated her, put in her on a respirator, gave, gave her remdesivir, severe all the stories you hear over and over again, and she died. You know, and she wasn't that old. She was like seventy three. You know, that's young by today's standards. And so, um, but Marie had a very interesting thing that she found about. Um, how many people have actually turned in millions of reports of injuries, right? And then also, um, Stephanie, before we go to to Marie, I wanted to say that that 1% that you were talking about, that 1%, which we know is wrong, that was verified, if I'm not mistaken, by Harvard University, correct? Yes.
2: Yes, it was. Yes, it was.
1: Well, I pulled a VAERS report this morning, and as of today, they've reported 4,521,581 wow. adverse reactions so right. you know yeah. so if you're saying it's 1 in 3 that would triple that correct <laughs> yeah like yeah so that's what Which 13 is 14 million well yeah people? and i've
0: heard 17 million is a more accurate number but you know well, i mean but the fact is, that the, yeah. you know the fact that even one person you know we're going to get to this story later on in the in the in the uh, broadcast, but there was a little girl at 15, uh, 15 months old that that died. Um, just a, I think it's a couple of days after receiving the DPT, uh, varicella, and it was three shots at once. And um, and when you and I was thinking as I was reading it and preparing for the show at fifteen months, and like I said, we're going to get to it. But at fifteen months, if a, if a baby fell out of a high chair because of a faulty strap or something and fell to the ga- ground and broke its head and died. Oh my gosh, every parent in the mm-hmm. country would be going, take those high chairs off the market, right? And we've got children right. that die every year and it just continues and continues. They're not held accountable. They're not liable. I mean, how is this stuff continuing? I, you can tell by listening to me, well, I get so upset
2: when I talk about it. Like what in I the heck you, are we doing? The, the difference is that when that baby falls out of that high chair or there's a car seat recall. Mainstream media is covering that and they're oh, talking yeah. about it and they're making this mm-hmm. whole big fear campaign. So they're reaching parents who then turn around and say, OK, that baby died. You need to do something. You need to make it right. You need to fix the problem. But yeah. because mainstream media is bought, paid for and purchased by Big Pharma, you are never going to hear the story of that 15 month old yeah. on any mainstream yeah. news outlet. The Defender and certain other publications yeah. in the movement are pretty much the only places that will even recognize that
0: death. Mm-hmm. We need more brave people in this in this world. It'll stand up. You know, I my, my daughter's home from college and um, she wanted to watch a movie the other night. So we rewatched the movie, The Help. Um, and, mm. you know, and at the end, you know, her mother says to her, I'm so proud of you. And I can't think of the the actress's name right now. Beautiful red hat. Emma Stone. Um, yeah, Emma Stone. And so anyway, and her mother says to her, I'm so proud of you, um, you know, darling. And, uh, and I wish there were more brave people in the world like you. We all need to be more brave. I know I'm brave, you're brave. You know, everybody that's on this, that with Children's Health Defense, you're all brave. You've been affected by this. But I am asking people out there that don't have a vaccine-injured child or didn't have an injury from the COVID-19 vaccine to at least think about what we're talking about. We're not just blowing smoke. This is real stuff, folks. Everyone out there listening, this is really happening. And I encourage everyone to get more brave in their thinking and in their actions.
2: Yeah, and as you sit at your holiday table this year and you look around at your family, just know that there are millions of people with empty chairs at their holiday. And these family members, these loved ones, their lives were robbed because of one decision and they have no closure, they have no validation, they have no acknowledgement of that passing or that injury. So it's a time to really reflect. And the Mm -hmm. last thing I'll say about this, and I say it all the time, is that courage is contagious. So when you're brave, And you go out there and you do those uncomfortable things and you marinate in that discomfort, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same thing and to join you in that sometimes scary, bold action. Mm -hmm. But the more people that we can enlist to be brave, Mm -hmm. the more successful we will be in making sure that history doesn't repeat itself and that we can save lives going forward and really inform people of the harms and dangers associated with all these vaccines on the schedule.
0: Absolutely. Well said, uh, Stephanie. Let's go to the next top headline from the Defender newsletter. It reads, Nebraska collecting all health data on all residents. Critics call, to, uh, call it a step toward national digital ID. Stephanie, why did Nebraska lawmakers create the Health Information Technology Board, and what does it mean for Nebraska residents?
2: Well, it definitely is not a good thing, that's for Sure. Nebraska lawmakers have created a state health health information technology board to collect health information on all Nebraskans in a centralized data and surveillance system that, according to lawmakers, will be used by doctors to improve patient care. Critics warn that the system marks a step towards the oppressive control of the digital ID and digital currency that could sweep the U.S. So in 2020, the Nebraska legislator passed Legislative Bill 1183, the Population Health Information Act, and voted unanimously to create the Nebraska HIT Board, composed of 17 members. They're appointed by the governor and confirmed by a majority vote of the legislature. This also designated the Nebraska Health Information Initiative, which changed its name to Think Health, as the state's health exchange. The state law that created the hit board designates Think Health as the state's health exchange that manages the data of more than 5 million patients in more than 1,100 healthcare facilities. Wow. Patients' healthcare records, including their histories, physicals, discharge summaries, immunization records, radiology, lab, and pathology results, are ordering, medication, history, allergies, and advanced directives are all accessible. Mm. And why?
0: Why do you think it is? Well,
2: <laughs> this is the push. This is the push. You know, I was at the airport a couple of weeks ago, and you see signs everywhere about this real ID coming in 2024, 2025. I forgot what the deadline is. But this is, this is a push right now. When you go to get your license, you go to get your passport. Everything about you is going to be accessible through these systems that are Mm -hmm. tracking and tracing everything that we're doing. You know, those vaccine hesitancy codes. When you say, no, I haven't gotten my COVID vaccine, and they put a code in your chart saying you're vaccine Mm -hmm. hesitant. These things are all a push towards this digital ID, this digital enslavement, where your social credit score based on how good a citizen you are and how compliant you are with all the things that the government is pushing on you vaccines you know mm-hmm. the different healthcare decisions that you make if you're going outside of the gold standard all these things are going to determine how much access you have to move about the cabin and mm-hmm. and that's a really scary scary reality that we're living into and i think People have a false sense of reality right now and the sense that things are going back to, quote, normal because it's quiet and, mm-hmm. you know, there's no governors or, you know, presidents on TV telling us not to spend the holidays with our loved ones or to wear masks. So there's this false sense of security. But in the background, all of these structures are in place and they are working hard behind the scenes to really push in the direction of. Tracking and surveillance and Mm -hmm. the implications of that from a privacy perspective and just from a place of being able to live and move freely are all severely threatened by this. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And while all the while we uh, we target blacks, Hispanic, uh, blacks, Hispanics and Native Americans with the first story that we covered with the chair care right, uh, which is being Mm -hmm. paid for by the CDC-funded program to push COVID and flu shots. And By the way, while we were talking about flu shots, I want to encourage everyone who's curious about uh, flu shots uh, to read the book Dissolving Illusions, Disease Vaccines and the Forgotten History by Suzanne Humphreys, M.D. and Roman uh, by Styronik. I believe is how you pronounce his name, but uh, a fascinating book if you want to know about what flu shots uh, are all about. But we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. More coming up with Stephanie Lucretio. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio.
1: Follow us on social media at One Life Radio.
0: Children's Health Defense, led by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is devoted to the health of all people and the planet. Their team fights tirelessly against the public health policies, practices, and mandates that are harming our health and threatening our medical freedoms. Children's Health Defense steps in where others fear to tread. Visit childrenshealthdefense.org and tune in every Monday for health freedom news and views, with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland.
1: Centuries before scientists identified the incredible nutritive value of beef liver, our ancestors naturally revered it for the energy and vitality it provides. But most people today find liver's health benefits much more appealing than its flavor. That's why our partner Enviromedica offers a superior New Zealand grass-fed beef liver supplement. All the complex benefits of this ancient powerhouse superfood in modern, easy-to-swallow capsule form. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at Enviromedica.com. That's Enviromedica.com.
0: Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health, are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com
1: contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Stephanie Lucretio. She is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at children's health ChildrensHealthDefense.org, uh, and we're talking about the top 10 news and views of the week. We are on the fourth story we're, um, from The Defender today. We're talking about uh, Bittersweet is the title. It's, it's titled or headlined, I should say, Bittersweet. Study Exposes Hidden Dangers of Heavy Metals in Chocolate. Stephanie, what's this story? all about
2: i was so upset i love chocolate oh i do are you kidding (laughs) me another thing to cross off my list um but testing by consumer reports found that one third of chocolate products tested were high in heavy metals and the percentage of contaminated products rose when it was dark chocolate which is what everyone's told to get dark chocolate instead of milk so i was really upset about that Chocolate is not only the source of heavy metal, and it bioaccumulates, so it's important to be aware of your overall intake. Cadmium can be absorbed from the soil, and it's found in the highest levels in grains and vegetables. So exposure to lead and cadmium poses the highest risk to the brains and neurological symptoms of infants and children. Since cadmium crosses the placental barrier, exposure during pregnancy can have serious health consequences, including increased mortality, from heart and kidney disease, and cancer.
0: Oh, my gosh. So dark chocolate
2: tends to be higher in heavy metal contamination than milk chocolate because it also has a higher cacao content, Uh which is more likely to be contaminated with cadmium and lead. Did this
0: article talk about organic chocolate? Is organic chocolate safe?
2: It didn't really specify. It just says dark chocolate, which, I mean...
0: That's all I (laughs) ate, typically. Although I did have a couple of Hershey Kisses yesterday.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I still have the Hershey's left over from the holidays. I actually try yeah. to hide them because I don't want to remember that they're in my house.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, I
2: always buy the organic dark chocolate. I, I go to Trader Joe's and I get it in bulk. Me and it's too. It's like my guilty pleasure at night. So yeah, I need to um, I need to look into that because yeah. I might have to change my guilty pleasure over. And for parents, you know, we really have to monitor what mm. we're giving our kids. But this is one of those examples where it's like. You think you're doing something good, and right. in reality, there's there's a whole other side. Is there anything that they have not contaminated with? I toxic know. My gosh. And, like and, I th- and I think of all the Halloween candy that,
0: uh, you know, it's just been uh, distributed <laughs> everywhere yep. across America. Um, and what were you pointing to? There's Marie? a
1: recall. There's a, there's oh. a, um, just, and this isn't chocolate per se, but like uh, talking about metals, like mm-hmm. a child's, like their applesauce. Little packets like, have, that have lead that peep that kids have gotten sick.
0: I got it here. It's called mm-hmm. Wanabana Alert. Expands to recall due to elevated lead levels. And this is uh, the Wanabana. Wanabana. I've never <laughs> even heard of that um, brand. But I, you know, my kids haven't been little for a while. Apple cinnamon fruit puree uh, pouches due to reported uh, elevated lead lead levels.
1: Man,
2: so it's, it's crazy. Eff- the lead levels. And then do you remember recently they were talking about like really high levels of aluminum in baby food? Yes. Too.
0: Gosh, it's all pretty scary. That made the news, and that was an
2: outrage. And it's like, in my (laughs) head, I'm thinking... Okay, so you're upset about the aluminum that your baby is ingesting, (laughs) but yet you're going to the doctor and injecting it into five different limbs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No,
0: I know. And we're going to get to that story about the 15-month-old here in just a minute. But first, uh, we need to go to this news story. It's the fifth one we're talking about today from the Defender newsletter. And it reads, parents should be outraged. Congress weighs legislation to wipe out state local laws designed to protect kids from pesticide exposure. Stephanie, with all that we know about the dangers of pesticides, pesticides, Especially for children, how can federal lawmakers consider blocking states and cities' ability to limit pesticide use in children and areas where children uh, play? How can they do that?
2: It's just another example of how the people that we're putting into office are just failing us and our children so miserably, and we need to hold their feet to the fire to do the right thing. Because these federal lawmakers are weighing multiple proposals that could block state and local authorities from limiting pesticide use in their communities even near where kids play and learn. Mm. This news comes as a news analysis by researchers with the nonprofit Environmental Working Group. It showed that more than 4,000 elementary schools in the U.S. are located within 200 feet of farm fields where pesticides are sprayed on crops. The report included a map of 4,028 schools close to farms, but noted that some pesticides can drift miles from the intended crop target creating risks for children at schools beyond the thousands EWG identified. Many pesticides are hazardous to children's health. Some are neurotoxins that impair development, and others are linked to insulin resistance, a key factor in the development of diabetes, obesity, chronic kidney disease, and other metabolic disorders. So more than 30 states in recent years have adopted stringent laws for when and how pesticides can be sprayed near schools. But those laws could be overturned if Congress approves one of the three bills under consideration, according to Senator Cory Booker, who is a Democrat here in the great state of New Jersey. Mm. Booker said at press conferences announcing EWG's report that, quote, states know that pesticide spraying is a risk to students. Despite all of that, some members of Congress are proposing to preempt all of these laws stripping states and localities from being able to do what's necessary to protect their children. Mm, wow. Pesticide experts who spoke to the Defender, including Scott Farber, um, EWG's senior vice president in government affairs, said parents need to know about these measures and the impact they could have on pesticide use near schools. Mm. another reading... another thing. Yeah, another thing, and,
0: and I'm and I'm I'm reading here that the, some citizens are concerned that the EATS Act, Act EATS Act, E A T S, will be added to the pending farm bill. Um, you know, gosh, I, I don't like it when they do that either. I, I just think that's so wrong on every level to you know just throw it into another bill and because they make it, I don't know. it's just it just seems so wrong to even consider doing that's something like that.
2: Bernadette, I remember being in Trenton and like having conversations when the religious exemption was up for repeal here in New Jersey and we were meeting mm-hmm. with lawmakers. And the crazy thing to me is I don't think that they even read the bills that they're signing. Like it's almost like the stock market. You know, you yeah. ring the bell, you mm-hmm. hit the gavel and it's just like rapid fire, you know, yeah. press the button and vote. And you haven't even read the full context of what you're voting on. It's, it's really scary and it's very dangerous.
0: Well, the bills are very long. It's a very laborious process to even get through all of them, if I'm not mistaken, based on a couple people I know that are familiar with the process. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know what we're doing, but boy, do we need some change in this country.
1: We We certainly do. We really do.
0: Okay, so uh, the the next headline uh, is one of the most disturbing of the week for me personally. I was just unhinged when I read this Uh, perfectly healthy. Fifteen month old girl dies two days after routine vaccination. Stephanie, what can you tell us about this tragic story?
2: What I will tell you is that most people will say, doctors and people will say, oh, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, even though we hear this same story over and over again different ages, different vaccines, different injuries Uh or results. But this poor girl, Melody Rain Palombi Malgram, died on October 19th at age 15 months from cardiac arrest and organ failure Mm -hmm. just two days after receiving the varicella ctap and Hib vaccines. Her mother is already working to help other families avoid the same fate. Bernadette, this is a familiar story, but it's important to read and remember why we work so hard every day to protect mm-hmm. our children and why we need to keep educating people. I mm-hmm. mean, the Vax Unvax book that Children's Health Defense put out combines with turtles all the way down. As you're thinking of your holiday giving, if you know any new parents or any parents to be,
0: yes, these
2: are books mm-hmm. that people need to read. I'm committed to giving books at every baby shower, every event that I possibly can. It's a great way to plant seeds Mm -hmm. because people need to be exposed to the truth and they need to understand the risk that they are taking every time they walk into a doctor and give not only one, but multiple vaccines at the same time without even knowing really what's in that insert. And I Uh want to, what I was thinking before, I want to challenge people. One of the favorite things that I love to do is to go into the pharmacy and to talk about Interest. Obviously, I'm not getting any vaccines, but to express interest in wanting to get a vaccine and to ask some of the questions and then to hit pharmacists with the request to see the insert. And it is hilarious to watch how confused they are by that question. <laughs> oh, yeah. And all yeah. the things that they'll give you besides the actual insert. So I encourage people go in, ask for them, collect inserts on different vaccines, read the inserts, read the package inserts and Correlation does not equal causation because if you actually read the insert, many of the things that our children are experiencing in the way of chronic diseases are listed on package inserts of many of our vaccines as potential side effects.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And this is nothing new. A lot of people think, oh, well, this is just because of COVID. No, it's not. There's There was a great book written by uh, Dr. Robert S. Mendelssohn. He was a medical doctor, one of America's leading pediatricians at the time, puts parents back in control of their children's health. It was a book written by him, How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. Um, he wrote it in 1984. He died in 1988. But this was before, you know, they put the uh, 1986 uh, Act into place, which gave, vaccine manufacturers, um, no liability. Um, and so, you know, uh, but this has been going on for decades is my point. This is, this is not something new with children. He was warning us about it in 1984, Dr. Mendelssohn. And so I encourage everyone to just really, you know, do their homework. What would you say is the best baby book besides those two? Is there any other um, book that you could give like at a baby shower that was just a powerful, um, you know, uh, condensed version One of, of- the-
2: yeah. One of the OGs that I used to give was evidence of harm by David Kirby. I used to oh, give yeah. that a lot. Mm-hmm, um, I think mm-hmm. that that's a great one. Um, HPV vaccine on trial trials for older parents that are, you know, being pressured to give that vaccine to their kids. If you have mm-hmm. family members that are have teenagers, um, those are, those are the few, but I think the vaccine Vax turtles all the way down is a great, great combination because it goes into everything. So you know, knowledge is power. And we have no. to plant those seeds. Amen. So take every opportunity that you can. Just <laughs> <Yep. Amen, laughs> giving this time of year, it's a good time to do it.
0: It is. And I'm looking at the clock. We need to go to break. We've got a few more st- stories that we're going to fire through after uh, firepower through right after the break. Stay tuned, everyone. More coming up with childrenshealthdefense.org and Stephanie Lucretio. You are listening to One Life Radio.
1: You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com.
0: The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must reads in the fight for truth the courage to face COVID 19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex. By true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at SkyHorsePublishing.com. And listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense, for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com.
1: We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now.
0: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiacchetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Stephanie Lucretio. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk with Stephanie Lucretio. She is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at Children's Health Defense. She works to amplify the voices of those fighting for issues impacting the health and freedom of our children. Stephanie provides support, encouragement and action steps and advocates to take uh, to take to build a more beautiful world that we want our children to live in. You can find Stephanie and everyone from Children's Health Defense at Children's Health Okay, we've got a few more stories to go here just I think four more. Let me go ahead and read the headline HPV vaccine may cause increase in cancer causing strains study shows, but media puts misleading spin on study findings. Stephanie what are the facts?
2: So the fact is that the human papilloma virus HPV vaccine may increase the prevalence and distribution of some HPV virus strains not targeted by the vaccine including some strains that are linked to cancer, according to a study published last week in Cell Host and Microbe. Yet Stat News reporting on the study said the findings showed that the HPV vaccine is so effective at preventing cancers, particularly when both boys and girls are vaccinated. The cancer screening protocols may need to change. This is straight up misleading and talk about fake news. That that is the uh, Mm -hmm. false, false, false. So,
0: crazy it's just crazy um you know we've got three more to go uh, i was joking when we were during the break when you said new jersey and <laughs> you're talking about being from new jersey and i'm from upstate new york and i was thinking about sweater weather <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is sweater weather that is <laughs>
0: I just had to do it. I had to do it. And, and people out there I listening, I, I'm sure they can remember Amy Poehler and uh, Maya Rudolph doing that scene in SNL where they talk about their sweater weather. And one was from, I think they were both from New Jersey, but close enough, right? <laughs>
2: Exactly. The accent is slightly, slightly different, but all around the same. All the around Northeast. the same.
0: Well, and I've got lots of family in New Jersey that makes bagels and sells them to everyone in New York City. So there's, I've got that connection too.
2: Oh, the bagel connection! The I bagel like a business. That's right. We're serious about our bagels in the Northeast.
0: That is I for know. Sure. I know. And the pizza. Oh, I know, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, back to the back to the we've got three more stories to go. The next Defender newsletter headline reads, I think they're just scared. Statistician explains why insurance industry won't concede. COVID shots may be to blame for excess deaths. Stephanie.
2: So Texas-based statistician and finance specialist Matthew D. Crawford took a deep dive into the data from the life insurance industry and from the CDC which shows that increase in mortality rates and excess deaths, especially among relatively young and working age people, continue and are expected to continue in the coming years, which is so sad. He also explains that the insurance industry denies a connection between the increased deaths and the COVID-19 vaccines, which industry officials credit for reducing deaths because they are scared. Mm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm reading another headline from The Defender from a couple of, from last week, insurance industry execs alarmed by surge in deaths among young people, but stopped short of blaming COVID shots. There's a lot to know there. And Edward Dowd, the book that he wrote, I would encourage you to read that as well. Um, Cause Unknown, I believe is the name of it, right? I haven't, I haven't yeah. put my hands on it in a while, but all these ex- excellent, uh, brave authors and statisticians and people really, you know, stepping up, trying to get the truth out. Um, the next offender headline newsletter, I mean, newsletter headline reads, um, let's see, sorry, I jumped ahead here. Calls to stop the shots intensify. What do we need to know about this story, Stephanie?
2: So activist group, medical organizations and doctors around the globe are launching initiatives seeking to halt the administration of the COVID-19 vaccines or to have them pulled from the market altogether. This article touches on several of these organizations and shows the progress that has made, though there is still a ton of work to be done.
0: Wow. And is this is this worldwide or just in the U.S.?
2: Yeah, worldwide. There are so many. I'm on so many calls. And it's encouraging to see how many people are converging from all different corners of the world wow. focused on this issue, getting the truth out there, holding the people accountable who have harmed so many so it's a great time to be a part of the movement. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not currently involved and you want to get involved, you can reach out to us directly in the advocacy department at advocacy at children's dot org. That's the email that goes directly to my department. So if you're okay. looking for community, come on down and find us. We're happy to welcome you with open arms to the CHD family.
0: Well, and people are saying that COVID vaccines must be stopped for the sake of the humanity. I'm reading that in the story and that one of the the foundations that's been established is, uh, where did it go? We the People 50 Recall the Shots campaign.
2: What is that about? So we the People 50, there's so many campaigns. I mean, there's lawsuits, there's litigation, there's education. And the goal is really, like I said, to hold people accountable and to figure out ways to get the information out there so people Mm -hmm. can keep spreading the word and stop the madness. Because like that story said with the insurance industry, I mean, sadly, Mm -hmm. these numbers of these cause unknown deaths, it's just going to continue to rise. And it's our responsibility right now. Those that know the truth have to share the truth. Right.
0: And that's right. And you would not you're not going to hear this on mainstream media. The reason you hear it on One Life Radio is because I own my show. And I talk about what I want to talk about. And I pick what sponsors I want to sponsor the show. And I don't take just anyone. I only align myself with with companies and people that really want to get to get to the truth. True journalism, right? Not bought and paid for journalism
2: from Big Pharma. That's right, and we're so thankful that you do it, Bernadette. It's such important work that you're doing on One Life Radio. No, thank you so much. We the last headline. I did it again.
0: Uh, reads: I've come home today's. I, I've come home today. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. headlines uh, Children's Health Defense Second Annual Conference. You got 15 seconds, Stephanie. What do you want to say? All
2: right. So at the second conference, Robert Kennedy Jr., founder and chairman and leaves on November 3rd, urged attendees to keep questioning authority, including their children's doctors. He also mm. said that right now, if you trust your government, you're not paying attention.
0: Whoa. Wow. I love that. Words I've...
2: to end that on, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going to be promoting them at the Turkey Trot Thursday morning. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Everyone there out listening and everyone at Children's Health Defense. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you. You're welcome. You get one life. That's right. One body, one mind, and one life. Seek the truth, baby. Seek the truth.